welcome to another edition of Coach's Night Out. This is the week eight edition. It's kind of special because we don't have any games coming up in week eight. We've got a complete open date for all the schools in Wilson County. Coach's Night Out, Town Square Social is our venue, 145 Public Square, open for lunch and dinner seven days a week. And Cody and Kyle also operate Cedar City Brewing Company at 112 Public Square. And let me tell you about something new that they have started. It's called the Piggy Sandwich. It is a double burger with barbecue and bacon. And Chuck Gentry and I have decided that it's probably nothing that he and I need to eat. If you've got uh, lower cholesterol <laughs> or, or something like that, it is a full meal. It's called the Little Piggy. Uh, two American, two patties, American cheese, pulled pork, bacon, beer-battered onion straws, and barbecue sauce, complete with fries at uh, Cedar City Brewing Company. Go give that a try. That's a brand new one that those guys have pulled out. Advantage Roofing Company, LLC, Rob Painter and Donnie Self, Daryl Tidwell, loan originator with Southern Bank of Tennessee, the Salus Realty Group, 120 Public Square, Cumberland University Athletics, D.T. McCall and Sons, Lebanon, Carthage, Lafayette, Franklin, and Cookville make this show possible. No games week eight. And uh, I, I thank Chuck Gentry and uh, Josh Crouch from Green Hill from bookending around Tim Mathis tonight. Uh, here's the week seven scoreboard. Lebanon defeated Wilson Central 41-6. to Friendship knocked off Providence by a score of 41 to three. That game played at MTSU's Floyd Stadium. Giles County 50, Watertown 34, Green Hill blanked Warren County 35 to nothing. Mount Juliet over Antioch 31-14. In a game that was probably a little closer than the score might indicate, and Grace Christian shut out Mount Juliet Christian Academy by a score of 47 to nothing. Chuck Gentry, head coach of the Blue Devils, with us tonight, and what's it been like being just a regular citizen and not having a football team to coach this week because you and so many of the other coaches give everybody a week off? Well, it's been uh, it's been good. I mean, my wife has let me sleep in a little bit. Uh, I've got to uh, pick my daughter up. I've got to do help help with a little homework, and uh, you know I've got to do some some honeydews, and uh, you know I took the dog to the vet, and I'm getting my uh, dentist appointment tomorrow, oil change Friday, just uh, just a regular old Joe this week. and uh, But it's been fun to uh, have a no stress, football stress anyway, and uh, relax and, and uh, kind of look back over the season, kind of look forward to the uh, the next game and, and not having a game plan. You can just kind of sit and watch and observe and then, uh, you know, just uh, kind of recharge a little bit and uh, – it's been good because I needed to get away from the kids. They needed to get away from me and uh, uh, gives them a little time. You know, we've had them, some of them are in the ocean, some of them are on Broadway singing. It just depends on what, what what's going on. But, uh, uh, you know, they get to be kids, and, and I think they enjoy it. And it's a, it's a good thing for everybody involved. And it, it seems like this open week, this is fall break, it really seems like it came at a at a very good time. For your team, and I know other coaches I've talked to are, are glad it has happened when it has happened. And, uh, you know, it, it happens later on in the season, kind of uh, not midway, but but close. And, and you know, like I told uh, Joe Friday night, we, we're, we're, we're taking fall break regardless. If we were 0-7, we'd take fall break. If we were 7-0, and we'd take fall break. Uh, the kids deserve it. They earn it. We tell them when we ask you to be in all in, we ask you to be invested and all in, and then when it's your time, it's your time. And, uh, you know, it's uh, something they get to look forward to and, and, and you know, the whole vibe of the school, the whole, the whole school's looking forward to it. The, the, the administration, the teachers, uh, you know, there's more than just a football team. Everybody needs a, uh, a chance to recharge their batteries, and I think it's a good thing. The win that you had last week, 41-6, to six, over Wilson Central, probably as complete a football game as as this team has played during this 2023 season. Yeah, we were uh, you know pretty efficient offensively. Uh, 
think we only had two punts and one of those I really wanted to go for it, but uh, you know, I thought we would try to work on angling that kick and that, that we might need to put him in that situation, you know, work the clock a little bit and give him five extra yards and we got close, you know, and, but, uh, you know, we uh, pretty much uh, kept them on their end of the field on defense. A lot of uh, five, six play drives, you know, three and outs and, and those things. And, you know, we, they give us the ball on the two yard line, I think. Uh, then the special teams, everything was, was good there. They scored a touchdown. And then offensively, you know, at the time we were really clicking in case and Kincaid was like a, you know, 11 for 11 or 11 for yeah, 13. started out 11 for and, 11. And, and, you know, a lot of those throws are sideways or 10 yards, but uh, you used to have to throw it and complete it. And, you know, there's times when I'd have, I'd have begged for 11 on 11. So, uh, you know, uh, pretty efficient, pretty good. You know, you can you can nitpick some of the things. But uh, uh, going into fall break, it was good to region game, rivalry game to uh, to play that way. We talked in the press box during the broadcast that the lateral passing game, if you will, is basically an extension of your run game, that you feel pretty good about Kaysen throwing to those guys. And it, based on what the defensive unit gives you is what you're able to do, and you give him some freedom to, to sling it around. Yeah, I know. Uh, I- 20 years ago, if you'd asked me to do that, that kind of stuff, I'm like, no, ain't no way I'm letting, you know, we were a triple option team and we'd let our quarterback dive, keep or pitch, you know, and, and he was making all kinds of decisions. And so when when we started evolving to this, you know, I looked at Coach Maynard and said, we let our quarterback make all these decisions, which well, really easy to see if there's somebody out there or not, if it's a gift or, or not, or if it, the leverage and all that stuff is a whole lot easier and happens that got plenty of time instead of riding that thing to the front knee. You know, Coach Mathis back here could tell us all about all those intricacies, but you know, it, it, it's something that we do. And I know Kaysen thinks I'm crazy sometimes because I'm like, throw it out there. And then Friday night, one time he throws it to Key and we get six yards. And I'm like, that's the wrong, throw it to the other side. Your leverage is over there. You, yeah, we got six, but we could have got 20. And, uh, and so, and, and it's, you know, you coach it and you coach it hard. And then on Friday night, you kind of let him roll with it. And, uh, you know, that's like at the end of the game, we put uh, Austin Harrison in there. And I said, we're running our offense. A lot of times I put you in here and say, don't throw the ball. But if they're going to come down, throw it. And the first two plays he's in there, he throws the ball out there to uh, uh, Waylon Kennedy. And, yeah. you know, we get get a first down. And, and just uh, – it's again. I have been in the games where we've tried to run, and there's been 11 people in the box, and you know, there's an old story that old coach said, you know, coach, they've got 11 people in the box, and he said, well, they can't put any more than 11, and they're good. We know where they're all. <laughs> but I have uh, I've been there and and trying to block all of them, and it's it's like driving a square peg in a round hole. It's really hard. So. You know, with spread football and all the stuff that goes on, you know, the RPO game, and there's a lot of different avenues to do it. And uh, But we try to make it easy on our quarterbacks and make it quarterback friendly and, and then make it to where hopefully sometimes they'll get a lot of people out of the box and we can run the football and, and then, or give us the right numbers where, where we can do things. And then it becomes a chess match, but most of the time the quarterback is able to handle that. Speaking defensively, we don't keep defensive stats and what we do on the radio broadcast. But it looked to me like Jawan Stafford had a heck of a football game. Jawan is growing up in, in front of our eyes. He is, uh, he's probably put on 25 pounds during the season. And, uh, you know, we told him that you're going to have to do this to, to be able to withstand it. And, uh, you know, Coach William just feeding him Hot Pockets and pizza and everything else. And, uh, uh you know, it's a testament to to Coach Williams and, and what he does for some of those kids. But uh, Jawan has uh, bought into being a defensive end. And, and, you know, he's a – if you look at him, he may be a tailback by trade or a tight end or a sniffer. But, uh, 
you know, he's put his hand in the dirt and just, uh, you know, pinch and, 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 you know, take double teams. And sometimes being a little lighter, he's took some double teams, but, uh, you know, his motor doesn't stop and he just keeps flying to the ball. And if you look around, he's around every, almost every tackle. And, uh, again, just a sophomore in there playing hard, scrapping, uh, doing what you ask him to do. Well, and, and, at, at that position, a lot of it is hands and feet, technique, and just putting years back and going, and he had several hits on the quarterback, several tackles for loss, and recovered that fumble on the on the pitch down around the goal line. And when you think back, he, he was – as active as anybody on on that front seven. Well, and and we ask those guys just do your job, whatever that is, whatever gap that they we put you in, whether it's and then whether you're a boxer or a spiller or however that just do your job and don't worry about making tackles and don't worry about making plays. If you do your job, it all comes to you. And and he's a testament of Friday night, him doing what they ask him to do and ending up at the right place at the right time. And like you said, I, I know. I can think of two instances where he's unblocked and he makes the play behind the line of scrimmage because he's, you know, doing what he's supposed to do. He's pinching and nobody nobody blocks back on him, so he just keeps pinching and just follows all those pullers and boom, he runs right into the football and then uh, athletic enough to make a play and then there's times when he gets blocked and that motor don't stop and then he just spins out or, or, or chases and then he, he's – they we get him cut up and cut back, and he makes a play uh, two or three yards down the field because he can run and, and tackle. And then, uh, you know, he come out there with that football Friday night, and and uh, he was know, a happy young man when he got that football. Uh, you know, I told him one day in practice. Uh, you know, we were we were laughing because when we go to running back stuff, he just heads the other way. Now he just yeah, I'm uh, I'm going to be a D lineman. I told him, well, if you're going to get a ball, you better grab it on defense. And he looked at me and smiled, and he said, I'll get one. So, uh, uh, But, again, just a testament of him and, and the, the coaching that he receives. Uh, Coach Williams does a wonderful job with those kids. And they uh, you know, they, they may be undersized, but they're in there playing with a lot of uh, effort and attitude. You got some good news from the TSSAA yesterday? Yesterday, about, about noon. Uh Isaiah Mariah, at the very end of the football game, had got kicked out along with a Wilson Central kid. You found some film. Isaiah was exonerated, and he's cleared, and he's able to play. Yeah, you know, with a minute and two left in the game there when we kicked off, uh, flags are flying everywhere, and there's a little skirmish, and, you know, the referee told me that he threw a punch and is ejected, and, you know, uh, the very first thing he said when I met him about the hash, Coach, I didn't throw a punch, I promise, I swear. And of course, I'm saying you better not. Have, we'll see. We'll look at it on film and, and go. And then I go talk to them, and the back judge said, yeah, he threw, a, he threw a punch. And so I go back to talk to him, and he's upset, and I'm upset. And, you know, we, we take a lot of pride in the way we handle ourselves. And, and I had told him, you know, do not – do anything that that makes us look bad or 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 makes our program look bad and uh he uh during the game he took two or three on the chin five to be exact but uh for a young man to do that and not respond is uh excellent character and upbringing and uh you know uh, like i told uh them at the tws of lay if 90 percent of my kids get get takes one in the chin there <laughs> They are responding, and uh, this kid did not. And, uh, you know, because we had several different angles and things of it, Coach Angel put together a film, and we met with the TSSAA, sent it down, and uh, they, their committee and stuff reviewed it and, and said, no, he definitely did not throw a punch, and, and he is reinstated immediately. Well, when you get kicked out of a game, you miss the next one. And the next one – is Lebanon versus Mount Juliet at Mount Juliet, big region football game. Yeah, pretty important one. And, uh, you know, just in the broad scope of it, for a kid that's a junior playing a lot of football, uh, this is one of the rivalry games that you want to play in. And uh, 
for him. You know, he was the last one that left the uh, field house uh, Friday night. Uh, the band had their band competition. He was there to, to watch them and support them. Came up there and sat with me and was still pleading this case. Coach, I didn't throw a punch. I, I swear I didn't throw a punch. And, uh, uh, you know, I told him, I said, it's going to be a long few days. So just, I understand what I, what I say, you didn't throw a punch. And so I'm not mad at you. Learning experience, let's let's go from there. And then uh, you know, we get the news yesterday. Coach Martin texted me and says, check this piece of paper out. And, uh, uh, you know, they, they had sent a letter to Dr. Walters and, he had forwarded it to Coach Martin and forwarded it to me, and then I sent it to Isaiah and his mom and the coaching staff. So, uh, big piece to our puzzle. We're glad to have him back, and uh, glad he uh, is a young man of character for sure. Coach's Night Out airs on multiple Facebook platforms, including the Wilson Post, Main Street Preps, and Blue Devil Broadcasting. And the great thing about that, if you miss any part of this show or any of our previous shows, they are archived there on those Facebook platforms, and you can go back and watch. It's also live on my Twitter, call it X now, Twitter feed at TV Sports 85 and on the Main Street Media TV app. Again, no games for week eight, Friday, October the 6th. Thanks to Family Medical Associates and Pediatrics, Shop Springs Creamery is the official chocolate milk of Blue Devil football. The folks at Family Medical Associates provide the funding so you guys can get that chocolate milk. And then there's a book project, Character Time, that takes place every week, sponsored by Partlow Funeral Chapel, Cumberland University, Mayhem Mechanical LLC, John McDiarmid, Buckeye Drugs, and Sellers Funeral Home, where your kids kind of get into a book and do some study. Yeah, we uh, we take the time on uh, on Thursday to read that book. Uh, during our weightlifting time, we go in and do some uh, yoga and then then they'll read a a chapter of the book and then brother darren will present that chapter and uh have an open dialogue and discussion with between him and the kids and the things and the coaches read the book too uh you know i kid with dr walters all the time said we're you know we're down here reading across the curriculum you know having having a english lit class in 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 the weight room but you know uh until we did this you know, some of those kids had not read a book, and and yes, we're making them, but they enjoy it. They they like to talk about it. It's stuff uh, that is life lessons, and and uh, what they get out of it is invaluable. And Brother Darren does a absolutely tremendous job of picking the books, picking the things, and and it's 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 eerie how it aligns with with uh, some of the stuff that we go through during the year. But it's uh it's good to see those kids uh interact and talk about something other than football, but really relates back to what we're doing and, and, and how we handle ourselves on a daily basis and in certain situations and, and in, in life in general. No football through the weekend. Practice starts back. Preparation on Monday for Mount Juliet, the week nine football game. Will you try to do a little bit more uh, conditioning what what's the plan monday tuesday wednesday of next week we'll just be back to normal regular practice we will uh, of course we won't be in school monday tuesday wednesday teachers will be on wednesday but uh you know we'll get a good uh good dose of practice and back in the weight room back back to our sprinting the things that we do uh, and and we'll see uh you know probably the tempo of practice will be a little quicker because there will be no JV game. There will be no freshman game. There will be no, uh, we're, we're getting ready for this or got to leave early or, or whatever. So uh, we'll get a little bit of extra time in on Monday and a little bit of extra time Tuesday, Wednesday that will bring us back to where we would have been if we, you know, practiced a little lightly during this week. And, uh, you know, we had some bumps and bruises that needed to heal up. And, uh, you know, we'll see how they how those are on Monday. And, and, and we'll go back at it about a, about a normal week, we, you know, again, the, the body needs a little time every once in a while. And uh, if you're playing this game right and being being physical and giving a lot of effort, you know, it's it's good to let some of those things heal and muscles heal and relax a little bit. And then, you know, we'll be a little sore come out Monday, Tuesday, but uh, we'll get an ice bath or two this week and, and get, it, get it all worked back out. And uh, 
you know, just, just the way you manage it. We've been doing it for seven years now, so we hope that there's no hiccups. You know, uh, they asked me about the momentum, and I'm like, well, the you know, the momentum's not going to stop. We're just going to pause it and then go back in. But, you know, Mount Juliet's the same way. I don't know what they do or how they do it, but, uh, you know, they didn't play this week. So, uh, you know, the only way you get in game shape is by playing games and doing those things. And uh, hopefully each individual will handle their self appropriately so we, we uh, get to Friday night and are ready to go. Chuck Gentry, head coach of the Blue Devils, with us here on this edition of Coach's Night Out, live from Town Square Social. Chuck, as always, thanks for the visit. Thank you, Tom. We'll be back with more after these words. Thanks for staying with us. Coaches Night Out live from Town Square Social, 145 Public Square in Lebanon. Advantage Roofing Contractors, LLC, one of our sponsors, Donnie Self and Rob Painter. Daryl Tidwell, loan originator with Southern Bank of Tennessee. The Salas Realty Group, 120 Public Square, Lebanon. THW Insurance Services, LLC. Cumberland University Athletics, DT McCall and Sons, Lebanon, Carthage, Lafayette, Franklin, and Cookville make this show possible. Tim Mathis, head coach at Cumberland University with us. And Tim, there's no open date now for you guys. All the high schools are off. You played last week against Campbellsville, 34-16. Cumberland comes out on the short end of that one. And you've got homecoming against the University of Cumberland coming up Saturday, a 1.30 kick at Noakes-Lassiter Field. Let's touch a little bit on the game last week against Campbellsville, you got up on them nine to nothing after one quarter. And then after that, things got a little discombobulated and it was pretty much all Campbellsville the rest of the way. It was, it, and it more or less amounted to if, if we, if we don't turn the ball over, we, we would have been in good shape. They, they punished us for our turnovers and we didn't punish them for their turnovers. They, they scored off of all of our turnovers, and we didn't put, you know, we shouldn't have turned the ball over. And then when they turned it over, we didn't capitalize on that, and that was the difference of the game. It, you know, it was going along fire, and then 
the, the turnovers, you know, we just made some mistakes that, that shouldn't make, and, and they made us pay for it. Well, and it was kind of equal opportunity. It was two fumbles, two interceptions. One of the interceptions was a pick six. Pick six. Uh, and it was just too much to overcome. And there were several penalties as well with, that put you in long down in distances. That Right. The, pe- the penalties and turnovers just absolutely – I mean, that's – we. You felt like at the end of the game, and as you're watching film, that we beat ourselves. You know, Campbellsville didn't beat us. We we gave them the game, and and you know, even before they got up, when we scored to get to 16, you still felt like, all right, we're about to, this is about to happen. We're about to take back control of the game, but had another turnover, and it, and it led to them getting points, and it just we couldn't overcome that. And and. Turnovers and penalties are something that I, I guess, Tim, there's a fine line in, in, in trying to coach the avoidance of those things that you can beat them up so much about don't turn it over, don't fumble, don't throw interceptions, don't hold, don't grab, that they start to play a little on edge maybe. Yeah. I, I don't know how you, you handle that. You, I mean, you can't. You, you can't just beat them over the head with it and, you know, tell them how terrible they are or whatever. You just – you've got to – especially turnovers, first of all, you just got to stress the importance of how it can't happen because you can just point to this game as if we don't turn the ball over, we'll probably win the game. Um, you know, we held them at 37 yards rushing. Yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, they were getting all the breaks. Some of the – you know, they had – a quarterback we had him four or five times as we're pulling him down he makes throw credit to them they made the play one time but. going toward the schoolhouse was something that you might see on ESPN is that he throws <laughs> almost a hook shot for a completion and the receiver makes a one-handed, one-handed running grab just stab grab you know and those things happen. but that's part of it that's that's you play and things like that happen and you know it, all those went for them didn't go for us but it's still you don't create those turnovers, those chances for them, and, and you feel really good about the game. And that's so you go in like this week of practices. You've got to stress, guys, because you do as you're watching films. Hey, guys, we're moving the ball right here and see what happens. You know, the last turnover, you know, I think when, when Nick fumbles the ball, it was like a 20 yard run or something. You know, it was a big, it was a big play, and all of a sudden. It goes, you know, goes the other way. It's just you, you got to stress the importance of not doing it, but you got to stress, look what we're doing when we're not doing it. And, you know, you got to build off of that because you can't bring last week back. It happened. Yeah. So you can't, it is what it is. So you got to move on. You can't, you can't dwell on it, but you practice not to make it happen again. That's the most important thing. How are the guys after the game? about that, and, and not maybe necessarily Saturday night, but when you have your meetings with them, when you get together. It was, you know, part of that was you know, after watching film and all that, it, it was, uh, you know, you got to put the psychology one-on-one on too because they were down. I mean, they were, which to me is not a bad thing. You want, you don't want them to be all chirpy. And, well, obviously and, and, it meant something. Right. It, it really does mean something to them and so they were eager they were eager to get back to practice and you know it's it is there's no off weeks now we got a a pretty good opponent coming up this week university of cumberland's Mm -hmm. comes in they're coming off and i I made a note in my pregame store in pregame story that i wrote they played bethel Bethel. Mm -hmm. they lost to bethel 30 to 10 30 to 10 that was their first loss of the season uh it's homecoming. It, it's a 1:30 kick. There's a lot of things surrounding this weekend and, and activities all during the week for homecoming. But at 1:30 at on Saturday, the most important thing is is that the Phoenix are ready to play against a pretty good football team. They, they are, and, and that's you know we I stress to them all the time. You know it becomes I guess a little extra important during homecoming is you know don't worry. Can't worry about all the noise. You, we got to worry about Cumberland and worry about uh, what we need to to do. And so, you know, 
I, I think the kids have, have done that pretty well, and they are, you know, Cumberland's a good team. They, um, I wouldn't be shocked if it was a game like it was last year, and all their games have been. They, they're not a dynamic offensive team, but they really, really play defense. They fly around. They fly to the ball. Um, you know, it's going to be hard to move the ball. And it was it, it was last year, but, you know, I think I think the strength of this game is probably don't go get popcorn because you might miss <laughs> a quarter or whatever. Both of our teams are pretty good de- defense and run defenses because, you know, that's what they do well too. And, and both teams offensively want to run the ball. So, that, you know, that's what they really want to do too. So, you know, it ought to be a pretty good game. Well, and, and coming off the success you had running the football – against Campbellsville has got to make that offensive side of the ball feel like, hey, we can continue to do this. doesn't matter what the other team's doing. We're going to run it and have some success. Yeah, I mean, that's what we got to do. And then our, our passing game is real simple. We've got to just take what they give us. Don't We don't have to make this spectacular play. You know, if, if what they're giving us is the five-yard hitch, we got to take it. We can't, work, you know, try to – try to zip something in that might be a 20-yard game, but you're throwing it through three people. Just take what they give us and and and, and use that as an extension of our run game, as the passing game, and, and we'll be okay because, again, you know, we moved the ball pretty good when we, were, when we were doing what we needed to do. So, you know, it's going to be a fantastic game and, and, and a tough game because, you know, they're going to come – they got a bad taste in their mouth too, because they, you know, their first loss of the year, and, and you know, we all both still got a lot to play for. They got one loss in the conference. We got one loss in the conference, so we're still, you know, we're still in this. Yeah. Offensively, formation-wise, what, what does the University of the Cumberlands look like? Um, a lot like I won't say a lot like us. They do some two-back stuff, and but it it. It it is they're not going to necessarily spread us all out or whatever they want to their their best offensive player is their running back he he's their best player so they're gonna they're gonna formation and maybe try to unbalance formation to get him in good situations so that's that's what they're gonna do offensively and they'll take they'll take shots down the field but it'll be play action type stuff and and they'll do. You know, there are a lot like us. They'll do quick screens and stuff to try to get the ball out in, in a hurry out on the edge. Um, and But most of it's going to go through their running back. Defensively, what will you see from them? They're a 3-4 team. It's uh, the coach housekeeper that's the, the head coach there was at Georgetown for forever, and he brought that defense with him. So um, they're – and they're still – Kind of, they were really young last year with it, and, and you know, I told them after our game last year, I said, "There's one thing you dang sure have gotten is they're flying to the ball. And they still do. They fly to the ball, and and they just try to create chaos with their speed. And um, they've got some really good players. Number 45, one of their defensive ends, and their safety, uh, number six, uh, one of their safeties. I think are their two best defensive players. They're they're really good football players. So. You know, we got to make sure that we know where they're at and block them. But um, they're going to they're gonna just try to rally to the to the ball. Um, hopefully we can formation them some or we can do what we need to do. Will, will they play with the two high safeties? Will they roll yeah, somebody Yeah, they always – most of the time they're, they want to play with two safeties. They, if some of our motion stuff they might roll down too, but they – they want to try to stay the two safeties. To keep you from having a big play. Right. That's exactly, you know, a, a lot more teams are starting to do that. E- even if they're a 3-3 defense, they're going to try to keep two safeties. And it, it, it's come to that is just don't give up the big play, you know, um, play play ball in front of you, ball in front of you, and get in the red zone. Then they'll get to one safety or something. But. Yeah, they're going to they're going to try their best to stay with two safeties. You got outside backers that they're going to bring a lot. Um, it's a lot. It's a lot similar to the defense at Union. Okay. Ran against us. Uh, a couple of keys, I would imagine, and and we've talked about this. Seems like every week. Don't beat yourself. Hang well, on to the football. That's, that's the. That's what we're hammering in all week. Is 
because we didn't do it last. I mean, that's the problem. We didn't do it last week. If we don't turnovers, you know, the the giveaway takeaway is the, is the big deal. Um, we're creating turnovers. We just can't turn the ball over. Defense is doing a great job creating turnovers. And then, you know, the penalties, pre-snap penalties, you know, Phoenix can't beat Phoenix. We've yeah. got to quit having pre-snap penalties. Your secondary made some plays last week. A uh, couple of breakups, a couple of uh, – there was an interception. The kid from Greenbrier, I've gone – Taylor? Uh, yeah. I've gone blank on his name. But uh, – the opportunities have, have been there, and, and your guys have, for the most part, tried to capitalize and on And they have. And, you know, two, after watching the film, too, we had we had two of them that we didn't make that we could have took to the house if, if they would just broke on the ball instead of, you know, trying to make the big hit or the big play after it. Uh, you know, just, just break on the ball and go get it. And we would have had – we probably would have had a pick six or two uh, in the game. So you just stress it all the time. Defense really is, is rally to the ball, hold them up when they get there to try to, you know, get the ball out and let 11 people hit them if we have to. How has the mood of this football team been? This is Wednesday when we do this show. So you've had a good full practice Tuesday, Wednesday. How, how, what's it, the feeling? It, it's been, and it's, and, and it's a good thing. It's it's been really really good this week. There's no, there's no you know, here you know, uh, we're going to mope around. We're going to do this or that. They're ready to get after it. They're ready to prove that that's not you know the last game. That's not who we are. Uh, we can play better. I know the I know offensively, uh, all the skill guys are really wanting to show that because you know it just with turnovers and and the intercepting the quarterback room and stuff they they want to show that's not who they are that they can play better and 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 the defense is to me it, they're always like that they're ready to go and and you know just chomping at the bit our biggest thing is you know it is homecoming too we want to show all all the the past phoenix and bulldogs that that you know we're trying to hold up our end of what they did, so they're 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 really eager to put on a good show for the guys coming back. You you were busy at halftime, but I know pregame you had a moment or two to kind of visit with some of those guys. They brought back the 2018 that was a Mid South Conference Western Division champion. Brought those guys. I want to say there were 20 of them. And I think co- total with everybody there's about 30. So it was a good they turnout. Had family members. Yep. Coach Alexander and Angie, his wife, came back. It was an open date for Tennessee Tech so they could work it out and, and get him there. That, that was special, having those guys there. It, it absolutely was. That, you know, all those guys that come back, I, it was it was great to do that. They need to do that. You know, they, they need to do that with, with other teams that, that might have done stuff here too. It's, it's always good to have alumni guys to come back and, you know, for Coach A to come here and, and Coach Brown was here, Coach Buddy Brown was here too. For those, you know, guys that that coached here previously, it's awesome for them to be able to come back and 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 you know see the place. And you know, I know Coach A was just over herself with the what we've done facility wise there, how good it looks. So, you know, that's always nice for those guys to come back. Again, recruiting's always a big deal. You had several kids there uh, watching the game, uh, hanging around. And, and during pregame, when, when Cumberland's on the field warming up, those kids are, are very close to the action right Yeah, we, we get them over there on the sideline where they can see their positions. What we had about, uh, there were about 100 people under pavilion uh, last Saturday. And, and right now the number, I think, for this Saturday is about 120. So you know, it's the lifeblood of the program is to is to get people in there and 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 show them show them campus, show them what you know facilities we have there, and and and, and treat them real great. You know, Cumberland's done an unbelievable job of putting forth the stuff that we can do that with, and and actually, uh, Town Square Social is uh, is sponsoring the pavilion this Saturday, so they'll okay. be providing the food. So, you know. Can't ever be thankful enough that they that they do that. So they're actually doing it this weekend. So, well, Tim, best of luck. Talk to you on Saturday. 
have a good football game. Thank you. Go Phoenix. Tim Mathis, head coach at Cumberland University, with us here on the second segment. Stay tuned. We'll finish it up with Josh Crouch, head coach at Green Hill, after these words. segment of the week eight show and telling you about week eight there's no games uh wilson county is in fall break so the way the schedule fell and i think some of the coaches kind of worked it this way is to have this week off and so many are, are giving people time off let me run through our sponsors again dt mccall and sons lebanon carthage lafayette franklin and cookville Cumberland University Athletics, THW Insurance Service, LLC, the Salas Realty Group, 120 Public Square, Lebanon, Daryl Tidwell, Loan Originator, Southern Bank of Tennessee, and Advantage Roofing Contractors, LLC, Donnie Self, and Rob Painter. The Week 7 scoreboard included Green Hill knocking off Warren County in a region game, 35 to nothing, Lebanon over Wilson Central, 41 to 6, Friendship defeated Providence Christian. That game played in Leaper's Fork by a score of 41 to three. Giles County came from behind to beat Watertown 50 to 34. Mount Juliet over Antioch 31-14, and Grace Christian blanked Mount Juliet Christian Academy 47 to nothing. Josh Crouch, head coach of the Green Hill Hawks, with me and kind of a slow move in first quarter against Warren County, but then. Things got rolling in that second quarter. You scored 35 points yeah. in that second quarter. Yeah, um, opened the game up on defense, deferred, uh, got a three and out, uh, got the ball, uh, by, I guess, about on our 40, uh, negative 60, and uh, had a false start to start the game and then got a holding on the next play, so pushed us back behind the sticks. And we'd been challenging our guys all week about starting fast. It's been something that we needed to do. Uh, for, uh, for a couple of games and being able to take control of the game pretty early. But um, after that, we, we ended up having to punt the first series, got the ball back, um, and we took the whole rest of the first quarter on offensive drive. So uh, we scored, uh, I think, with like 20-something seconds off of the second quarter. Um, so from there, it just ended up piling on. We ended up um, – I think at halftime, we had 
negative seven yards of total offense for Warren County uh, defensively, uh, and then offensively uh, put up five touchdowns in that second quarter. Is it tough for you to be patient as a head coach as as the game doesn't really crank out and get started like you want it to? Yeah, I, I'd say it's uh, it's not frustrating, but um, you know we have a lot of kids that uh, you know this it's week it's week eight now, so there's no yeah. longer sophomores and you know never never played high school football or haven't gotten a lot of experience. So at, at this point, it's about uh, effective, uh, you know, working through what we're doing, uh, being efficient in our plays, and um, trying to be a little bit more polished. Uh, we're still growing in a lot of areas. We still got a a lot of things to work on, uh, but. Uh, you know, that's one of the things I think, if anything, throughout the season is just us starting in the first quarter uh, and getting ahead uh, on our opponents and, and staying in, staying ahead. Cannon Burroughs, your quarterback, sophomore, but now he's got seven games under his belt as a starter, played awfully well. He was the uh, Volunteer State Bank Player of the Week, threw three touchdown passes, and again, you've turned the keys over to a sophomore. Yeah, uh, did a little bit more drop back stuff the first three or four weeks. This uh, this past week we went a lot of RPO stuff. Uh, hit Aaron Mattingly twice uh, across the middle. One was on a uh, we did a RPO uh, power uh, inside safety come running up. Uh, he pulled it and threw it right behind him. Replaced Aaron replaced him. He caught it, ran it in about 35 yard touchdown. Um, and the second thing about having you know a six five athlete like Aaron out wide is. The second touchdown was just a straight go route. Just get, put it up there, let them have it, and uh, ended up, uh, you know, Cannon's done a really good job of uh, identifying numbers and uh, divvying the ball out to a lot of – I think we had seven different guys catch the ball on Friday. Uh, so Can't a lot of guys – Yeah, a lot of guys are catching it. So it's when a lot of teams are starting to roll to Aaron, um, and rightfully so, he's done a really good job this year. Uh, we're starting to see Nick Owens and Braden Jones, Aiden Sadler – uh, even Dallas Jackson, who's played corner, came over and caught some balls. Uh, and then we have Ethan Choate and them out of the backfield. That has done a really good job. So. Uh, Nick scored a couple of touchdowns on the ground in that game. Yeah, Nick. Uh, so, Nico had been banged up a little bit from uh, the previous week, and we moved Nick Owens back to running back a little bit. And him and uh, him and Ethan Choate uh, really carried the ball for the majority of the night. We held out on Mesa. Uh, he had a, a little bit of a, a thing the week before on special teams where we held him out just a sophomore uh, and thought that what Ethan did in the last half of that game uh, at home, that he did a, a good enough job to be able to be a starter uh, throughout the week. And then uh, we put Nick. Nick's uh, and he's, he's caught the ball. He's thrown a touchdown. He's ran touchdowns. He's caught touchdowns. Uh, he does a lot of things for us, and uh, we want to continue to keep putting him in positions and moving him around. I think he's a matchup problem for a lot of kids, and uh, the good thing is we got another year with him. Defensively, you throw a shutout. And those aren't everyday occurrences in high school football to be able to shut somebody down. Yeah, and I and I think uh, we needed that. You know, uh, it was it's been uh, two weeks of uh, us not. You know, we've had Gallatin game uh, came up. We had three busts in the secondary, gave up three touchdowns on just busted routes. Um, uh, you know, I had had some things that we we felt like we needed to get back to just uh, solid Green Hill football playing defense. I think that's kind of you know, we want to be known to play uh, a physical style of defense, a fun style that flies around, uses our speed. I don't think we'll ever be the biggest guys uh, out there, but uh, you know, I think that we play with a lot of uh, a lot of emotion, and a lot of energy. Uh, I feel like we really need to get back to that. But the the best thing I think out of that is after the second quarter, we start subbing guys out in third and fourth quarter. Uh, and although the clock runs and it's tough to get some of those young guys reps now with that clock running, uh, but we were able to throw our second team out there and continue to have a shutout. So uh, they drove it on us, got down inside the 20, uh, and Jackson Crawford, a sophomore, stepped up and got an interception down in the end zone. So it was good to see a lot of guys contribute to the, to the shutout. It can be a little crazy on the sideline in a running clock situation where you want to get guys work, but it, it sometimes is tough, and, and a lot of times – uh, the second string guys don't get as much work as you would like them to get. Yeah, and we, I would I would love to be able to in those type of games where you have control, um, you know, having experience in a region football game at home, um, having an opportunity to go out and compete against their ones. Uh, a lot of times is that growth uh, for them, uh, you know, being under the lights on Friday night. It's not really you can't really uh, you know 
you can't do that on JV games. The crowd's not there. The you know the energy's not there. And uh, you know we try to do freshmen and and low level sophomores, like younger guys. We try to do scrimmages every Wednesday with those. But uh, Friday nights are are special. Um, and you know we would love to get as many kids as possible out there uh, in those type of situations. But uh, with that, I think the second half lasted 22 minutes last week. Wow. So went by quick, and first half was an hour and a half. You know, so. It's uh, one of those things, and, and I get it, but I wish we would uh, have a little bit more opportunity for those guys to play. You're not with your kids this week. The, you have you, Lebanon, I, I know other programs have just shut it down, said go do something else, and we'll see you. What will, what will Monday be like for the Green Hill kids when you get them back? So Monday is going to – we got senior week. Um, so Monday is going to be first. We're going to start off just thanking those seniors, just bringing them up, talking to them individually, uh, put them up in front of our team, and we got a little bit of a ritual. We do uh, breakfast, senior breakfast. Uh, we do some things after practice with them in the coach's office, just meeting with their position coaches, just hanging out for an hour. So you'll go in the morning. We're going to go in the morning on Monday, 9 a.m. on Monday and Tuesday. We're out of school Wednesday. Teachers have to go back, so we'll be back the afternoon on Wednesdays. Um, but yeah, we're going to go 9 a.m. on on Monday and. Uh, you know, what, what we have found, year one, we were meeting on Sundays. Uh, we we practiced every day in fall break. Um, and I think that was the younger coach in me that was always wanting to, you know, always get better, get better, get better. And I, and I you know, right, we, we, we probably should have done it more year one. Um, but I felt like as, as we have grown and matured and we've got kids that, that handle their business outside of – I've been up to the field uh, all three days this week, and at any time there's 10 to 15 kids up there working out or throwing. So I think we've got a very mature group that loves football. Uh, I think it's also good for them to get some parent time at home and hang out. And uh, You know, we got a couple that are in Florida or, or vacation. I think it's important for those kids to know, uh, you know, it's it's okay to go be kids. And that way when they get back, man, it's locked in. And uh, we still got a lot of scenarios out there, so we're going to need their best football the last three weeks. How'd you arrive at the decision to say, okay, open week, let's shut it down? So I think it started in 2021, really kind of showed me a lot of things. Uh, our staff, we were meeting on Sundays. We started going to online meetings at 7 p.m. at night. Nobody came up there on the weekends. We trusted our staff to do what they needed to do, breakdown-wise. And uh, our coaches were coming Monday, uh, energized to practice. They were really energetic about what, what they had and uh, what they broke down. And uh, I've seen it in our coaches as being better, you know, husbands at home uh, and thought, man, what if our kids just came back? And we've got this thing, it's called Feed the Cats, it's our weight room program. We think that happy and healthy is better than, you know, beaten down and worn. And uh, so we, we try to give our kids as much, uh, you know, dopamine as possible. We want them to be happy when they're there. We want them to be excited. Uh, we want them to have a little bit of an energy when they step on the field. And sometimes, man, football can be tough for eight weeks. It's a contact sport. Um, so we, we try to give them as much time as we can and get them away. And hopefully on Monday they're fresh, they're recharged, they're ready for these last three weeks to try to make a playoff uh, push, try to get in and uh, see if we can, you know, in, in my opinion at this late in the season, the teams that are healthy, the ones that are uh, that, that don't have energy or injuries or little bruises, those are the teams that, typically can, can push through four quarters worth, and that's last season. If I remember your schedule right, it's Laverne, mm -hmm. and then two region games to yeah. close it out, Cookville and Nigeria. Yeah, two, I mean, that's, that's and with Cookville, uh, I've said it all year, I, I thought they were a really good football team from the beginning, um, and, and Mount Juliet is 8-0. Like, like, you know, they should, uh, they, they're, again, they're a staple in the program. They've always been a really good program in the county, and uh, that is a great rivalry, and if we can – uh, if we can take care of business, that game is one of the better games, I think. It, it just, in my opinion, I think that's the best high school environment I've ever been a part of uh, for two years now. Um, so if we can hold up our end of the bargain, I'll be really excited about that game uh, week 10. We spent some time together this past Saturday at the Cumberland game. You were a part of the 2008 Cumberland football team that won the Mid-South Conference Western Division Championship. And, and I know for you – and it, it was great to see those teammates. We're talking, and two or three guys walk by, and they're yeah. hollering and coming over, and there's hugs exchanged. Uh, to, to get that bunch back together, that meant something, didn't it? Man, it, and 
uh, you know, the thing that it kind of gives me chills thinking about it, but you see their littles run out in the field, you see kids, you know, you, you're almost like a forgotten uncle. Uh, you see them grow up on Facebook and, yeah. uh, you know, you see all, all these men become successful uh, husbands and, uh, and then you think back of us uh, playing over here in Memorial uh, right there on campus and, uh, you know, we gave it, we gave it our all for, for four years. I thought we had a really, really good football team and uh, I was lucky enough to hold the field goal for Golden Toe Henson. And I got to see Henson uh, at at the reunion, and uh, man, he's just as just as good as a person as he was whenever he was, you know, 22 then. And I was talking to my dad on the way over here. Uh, one, he wanted to find out how to watch this, so Dad, I hope you found it. But second part was him just reminiscing about that that game and uh, and and thinking about uh, you know Michael kicking that field goal there at the end. There was uh, it, it, Coach Alexander shared the picture. I've got actually got the picture at my house of everybody rushing the field afterwards and uh it was a special environment and i and i've i've got a lot of love for cumberland so I, I'm, I'm super appreciative of my time there and uh it was great seeing all those guys i think we had 30 something guys back so it was great to see a lot of people don't realize that uh lambeth at that time was coached by hugh freeze who i can say this <laughs> I think they bankrupted the school because they gave so many guys full scholarships. They had people from all over the world playing for that Lambeth operation. They'd been averaging 50 points a game. Mm -hmm. And I got to looking back, and I made some notes on this in my in my story, that uh, Montoya, the big tackle, had 14 stops, that uh, Freddie Hall had 12 tackles yeah. from the secondary. Kenny Salas blocked a punt and recovered a fumble. It was it was bedlam out there. It the was. way you guys played defense that night, man, and it was raining. Uh, the field was a marsh, uh, so even getting that last snap uh, and hold and and kick down, I think it was like a 35, 34 yard. JJ McLean had called it, uh, I think, going down the sideline uh, to get us past the 50. TC Car or TC uh, Carter, Travis Carter, ends up getting the ball, getting us in the in the uh, spot. I think Ede spiked it. We run out the field goal, and man, I had no doubt. I didn't even look up. Uh, I knew Henson was going to hit it from the get-go, but Tom Allen was also the offense coordinator during that time, okay. who's now the head coach of Indiana. Um, so he was also on that staff. And uh, all, all I remember is they had a receiver that year that was uh, did not belong in NAI. No, I know that. <laughs> they <had some> <laughs> yeah, they did. But uh, to see all those guys and Coach A, Coach Alexander to come back, and he talked about the relationships more than he talked about the games. He said we got doctors and lawyers and educators and, and coaches and, and, and great people out here with their kids. And, and I know that meant a lot to him. Yeah. Now he, he shared some of the stories. He talks about uh, going to go see one of our teammates was uh, working a daycare after, uh, after practice one day. And he talked about driving down to Brownsville uh, to go into Brownsville into this little trailer to go recruit a kid. And as soon as he walked in, he had like eight toddlers sitting there, and he's trying to convince them to come to Cumberland to play. But those are some of the relationship stories that, man, you know, not a lot of people get to see. And uh, even high school football-wise, I think you build some of those relationships that are so special. But uh, he, he talks a lot about I got I got some time to sit down with Coach A and just uh, talk to him. So it, it was great to see. I'm glad we could work it out on that week where it was my week. Uh, I'm glad that all worked out, stars aligned. But 15 years gone, it, it seems like it was, uh, you know, not too long ago. But – uh, it went by fast. Josh, thanks for the visit. We appreciate, appreciate it. it. Th thanks for being here. Uh, have a good week of preparation when you get back at it on Monday. Yes, sir. We'll be excited to go. Josh Crouch, head coach at Green Hill, with us as we close out this edition of Coaches Night Out live from Town Square Social. Remember, you can go back and you can watch this on all those Facebook platforms. They never go away, so these shows are archived. I appreciate it for Justin for Hunter, who's been uh, waiting on the tables here. I'm Tommy Bryan. I'll talk to you later.